Welcome to the DOS Champions Podcast. It's the 14th of September. The day we'll always remember because that was the day that we covered EPL match match week four and Champions League, the first iteration of Champions League. So that's on our agenda today, EPL and Champions League. I'm joined by my good man, Ryan Tooney. Ryan, how are you recovering after this weekend's antics? Uh, you know, it was a little rough on Monday. Today, it's good. But, uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time. Ryan and I got to hang out a little bit this weekend, and um, I got to see Ryan in his new Bayern Munich jersey. Uh, Ryan, what year What year is that jersey from? I think it's just from last year. It's the human race one. It looks like it's a like a painting. Um, I saw it. I'm not even that big of a Bayern fan. I probably was more when I was younger, you know. But, um, yeah, I just really like the look of that jersey in particular. So I thought it was pretty legit. Well, I'm in my Norwich jersey right now, which I'm starting to regret purchasing based on their record. Um, go, Pat, go, Pat, go. Go, Pat, go. Yeah, the green, <laughs> the, the green and yellow. Uh, let's jump into it, and let's start with Crystal Palace absolutely annihilating Tottenham. Um, I got this one wrong. I got almost. Yeah, every... no, we both got this one. Is re- was very surprising, I think, for oh, you yeah. know more than just us. So, um, you had brought up Edward when he was transferred to the team. You're like, hey, watch out for this guy. And we brought it up in the last pod when we were previewing match week four, and uh, we were like, hey, Edward, that guy could could do something. I mean, what did you see from him? That he scored basically with his first touch. I think it was. Uh, yeah, it's hard to judge exactly how good it is because, you know, Spurs were really defeated after even his first goal, but man, scoring 20 seconds or 27 seconds after coming on and then getting another one is, is huge. Uh, yeah, it feels like he's going to be a good part of this team. Yeah. It's like they really found their goal scoring legs underneath them somehow. Yeah, right. And they weren't they weren't doing that much at all. I was complaining about that to begin with, uh, begin the season. And looks like they're they're getting they're getting their stuff together. We'll see where it ends up. Um, yeah, it's Spurs though. On the other side of this coin, getting those three wins, a few one zeros, was feeling good. And now they lose three zero. They're at zero goal difference. Kane can't score, and it, it Eric, suddenly, Eric, Dyer, Eric Dyer went down too. Yeah, their center defense is just a tire fire at this point. Um, yeah, they they really, you know, that ended quickly with them and abruptly. <laughs> like the good vibes there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And the bad vibes about Palace seem to seems to have ended pretty abruptly as well. Yeah, they... They looked really good. This Gallagher guy, um, a lot of people have been raving about him. He played really well. It, 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 this wasn't just, oh, Spurs got a red card and then the game turned. Like Palace was dominating them for the most part. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty nervous about them still. I still don't. I, I want to see like more from Vieira, but they, uh, you know. I, I guess I got to eat a little humble pie about Palace for the time being. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, we all have to eat a little bit of humble pie every once in a while. And 
Um, I'm glad to see them kind of bouncing back. It, it, there are definitely two narratives here. It's like Crystal Palace on the rise and Spurs. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a free fall. That's a bit extreme, but they're certainly not there. I remember after match day two, we came out and said, man, is the Spurs actually have a chance of winning the league? Look, they beat City. They Like they're getting Harry Kane back. Like this team can fight and actually do something. And now it's like, well, how far are they going to fall? Especially they really looked like they had a huge hole in their team when Dyer went down. Mm-hmm. Which is weird to say because Eric Dyer isn't that great. No, he's, he's somebody that you, you don't want to be too close to if memory serves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Um, so, all right. So the next game we have is uh, Man United for Newcastle 1. Uh, Ronaldo coming in, doing his thing pretty much immediately. Yeah, it's amazing, right? And it's like not surprising, really, but everybody still freaks out. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's everything we wanted and more. Um, it, 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 but for real though, it feels fairy tale ask. Uh, this game though, I think was closer than, you know, the final score may indicate. Um, it really felt like there were moments when it was two, one that Newcastle, they, they almost had one goal. I think Joe Linton missed a chance at that point. And then once the third went in, the game was like over, but Newcastle was hanging a little bit more than the final score would indicate. Um, yeah, but, you know, United stayed strong, and they, they come up with the victory. Uh, feel like they gain a little bit of momentum until they ran into some, some P-folk today. But uh, <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm still not convinced that this, like, United team is really in a good way. Um, they've got all the talent, but Skullshire really, like, he throws me for a loop. Um, but, you know, grats to them for a win this week, and uh, unfortunately, yeah, they ran into an elite American today, and that was just too, <laughs> too much for them to handle, yeah. apparently. Um, so next Ooh. game, we've got Leicester 0, Man City 1. I, uh, I I tried to go back on my Man City was going to win 5 nothing comment, but you you made me stand by it, and <laughs> now, I feel stu- now I feel stupid. Yeah, um, I mean, this was snoozer of the week, right? Because it was going to be such a blowout. I really felt kind of similar about that though. Like it's just, it was just going to be a hammering. Um, but they won, they got the three points and it was away. So I, th- I think it's weird with city because when, even when they do something where with most other teams, you would be like, Oh, an away win against city or against lesser city and a clean sheet. That's pretty impressive. We're like, Oh man, they should have hammered them because <laughs> they're <laughs> we've gotten so used to them killing everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was I I thought they were definitely going to lay the slap down, but nonetheless, they win one uh, nil, and they're they're on the exact path that we thought they would be on to start the season. Yeah, for sure. So next game, Chelsea three, Villa nil, Lukaku doing what he does, scoring goals. Yeah, Chelsea are a machine. Saul Saul played in this one, didn't he? He did. He got yanked at halftime because he played pretty poorly. Uh, we'll see how, and I'm curious to see how he ends up carrying on because he is a very good player. Uh, it can be difficult, uh, you know, even for the best to get thrown into different situations that they're not familiar with. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets integrated into the team. But in general, Chelsea are just so good. They keep. They know exactly how do they want to. Yeah, it's ridiculous. 
How many goals do Chelsea? How many goals have Chelsea given up this season? Uh, in the in the Premier League, mm-hmm. one. It's incredible. Yeah, same as Liverpool. Oh, they actually, yeah, they actually have the they exact have the same. same number of goals scored yeah. and uh, conceded, and they tied one-one. You're right. You're right. The only and, team. Uh, speaking of Liverpool, yeah, um, speaking of pool, they looked awesome. They're uh, the next. Yeah, they really did. They, I mean, a lot of people are saying looked like they did back in the championship season, which, you know, that's that's a lot of that's high praise. But they do look really solid. They dominate the game. Uh, in this one especially, I thought Fabinho was just ridiculous. His he had there was some stat I can't remember exactly, but it was basically like within the second half he had seven interceptions or something. The guy was just dominating, cutting out all these balls, recycling possession. When you're pressing a team in and your your uh, center defensive midfielder just runs around with the vacuum cleaner all the time, it it isn't surprising they end up winning three zero. Yeah, I watched this game as well, and um, at no point it just felt like at no point Leeds looked threatening. It felt like Liverpool was in complete and total control of the game, and it, it, they won three nothing. But it's almost as if the scoreline doesn't reflect what actually happened. Like, yeah, I could absolutely. So- Pumped. It could have been eight, right? Like, how many chances did Mane Well, miss? yeah, I was, was going to ask you about that. Like, the only thing... Well, I mean, there's one really bad thing that happened, but um, we'll talk yeah, about that in a second. But, Mane, I mean, are, what are your, what's your take yeah. on Mane so far? He seems yeah, to, that's, like... that's interesting. Yeah. Well, because well, performance-wise, I think you're right. He's the only, like, thing that you can point to and be like, what about that? Um, he He's always had this... Like he's got finesse in him, so I don't want to. I don't want to lead it off by being like Mane isn't that much of a finesse player, but he's like not as much as Salah or Firmino. And there's been many times over the years where he will just do all this crazy stuff and then just botch it, and you're like, what the hell just happened there? And then there'll be other times, like his the first goal he scored for Liverpool, where he'll like cut in onto his left foot and just do a curler, and then the next game he does a curler with his right foot you know um it was comical by the end of it and he even was like all right finally put one in uh, i don't i don't make too much out of it because it, it, it's been like this for a while with him and he's never been the like ultra clinical one he'll get he gets volume of chances because of like how he plays and he creates a lot of havoc uh but that's fair enough i'm not that worried about the lack of clinicalness or any long-term problems based that's on that. fair enough and that's something that can work itself out throughout the course of the season um the downside is is elliot's injury really does suck elliot like when we when you first started discussing him in the season i was like yeah that's cool like that's a nice experimental project that klopp's got going on and the more he played the more i started to realize this dude is an incredible asset to the team um he, he was really an upgrade from Shaq, and they could let Shaq leave and develop somebody he came from their academy is that right uh, they stole him from Fulham. They stole well, him from not Fulham. Not stole okay. him, but like he may, he is, I believe, still the youngest uh, player to ever appear in the Premier League. And it was like while he was still at Fulham and I believe only 16 in a few days or whatever. And then Liverpool managed to get a hold of him uh, via however that ends up working when players are of that age. And 
then he was like with the team for a season. Last season, he was out on loan for uh, or with Blackburn and played very well. And yeah, it's really sad to see a guy who is up and coming and really was beginning to to show incredibly. Um, yeah, gets that ha- to happen to him. I uh, I hear there's a chance he'll be back before the before the end of the season. Um, apparently he had surgery today and yeah, cause it was a dislocated ankle fra- or fracture also. Cause I guess that happens when you dislocate your ankle often Yeah, <laughs> Bones break as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it sucks. You hate, you hate it. Cause when, especially when he's just ascending like he was. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess the silver lining is it happened early enough in his career and he's young enough that he should be able to recover. And he seemed like a fairly athletic player. Like I remember when Gomez had the injury, he came back a lot sooner than expected. And that was one of the things that I took note of. But he was never really an athletic guy to begin with. And so when his athleticism was slightly compromised as he came back, it was almost like he was a tank roaming around the field and almost was a little bit of a liability depending on where you put him. But I did, I don't know, I guess some of the subtle things that I noticed is like Elliot has, he's established himself in the team and is, you know, he's got rapport and relationships with his teammates. And I think him mm-hmm. not being in the squad is, it's almost like, they, he's, they he's, like he's, having him around and exactly. stuff too, and, you know. And he's and he's set the mentality that he deserves to be there, and so um, I think the way I really, he interchanges with Salah is it's very apparent what you're saying is go, was going on. Like he was really settling in, and so yeah. that, that's part of it's just sad, you know. Yeah, and and as sad as it is, I think the guy's going to bounce back, and I think he'll be integrated back into the squad and in full form in, in one at one point or another. So it sucks to see, um, but man, what a riser that guy's been, and uh, what a awesome start to the season he's had, despite the injury. Yeah. Um, Southampton, West Ham. The only reason why I bring this game up zero zero is because West Ham appeared to be a team that was posturing themselves for that could have postured themselves for Champions League conversations. We're so early into the season that even talking about West Ham being a Champions League team is a little bit ridiculous. But when they play well and they've, you know, they've generated results and they're scoring goals, then there's no reason why you keep them out of that conversation. I'm going to do this. I'm going to say the same thing about Everton when we, when we cover them, but they tied nil nil to Southampton. I think we need to keep a close eye on each of these teams because I'm unsure if it was that West Ham played bad, played poorly or that Southampton played well. Um, regardless, the Mikel Antonio red card is not good for West Ham. He's one of their best goal scorers, and he'll be missing the next match. Yeah, it does stink to not have him around. You want him out there all the time. He's the leading goal scorer in the league right now. Uh, and that's with this fourth game of the season being a 0-0 tie. Um, I feel like it's kind of a, it, a s- settling. Like We don't know where all the teams are exactly at yet. And some of these fixtures seem or some of these results seem curious without more context, you know. So maybe in a few weeks we'll look back and be like, wow, this team really should have beaten that team. It may not even be the one we expect. Um, yeah, it's hard for me to get a read on this one. It It is tough to get a read. And the next game that's coming up is also tough to get a read on. Mm-hmm. I'm only bringing it up because I'm for some reason infatuated with Norwich. Um, they lost to Arsenal 1-0, but there was no Billy Gilmore. 
and it's not like Josh Sargent has been a difference maker, but he could be. And from an American perspective, I think we all want him to get minutes. But there's no Billy Gilmore and there's no Josh Sargent. And I deep down, I feel like Norwich has more to offer. Um, so I bring it up because Arsenal got their first win of the season. And it was it's their second goal or first goal of the season. Uh, it may have been their first goal. Give me a second. It is. Yeah, that, it, that's sad if it is. Um, yeah, they were dead last going. Yeah, they this scored game. their first. They yeah, scored it is. their first goal. They're still negative eight goal difference. But the only team that's worse than them is actually Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> at goal difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um yeah, Arsenal really needed this. Uh and uh, is Norwich finally out of their their you know, the time the time of truffles here, the terrible like run of four games in a row with, to open the season. Yeah, yeah they they've got a they've got oh, a they not... got Watford next. Yeah, then they're going to get spanked by Everton, but then they've got Burnley and <laughs> <laughs> then they've got Brighton. Yeah, I mean, they've got some games where they can they can shake, rattle, and roll. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm hopeful that Norwich gets their legs underneath them. Yeah, um, I don't know. We'll see. Both these teams are... Hot garbage. Right now. I mean, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, let's move on to a team that isn't hot garbage. I got the chance to watch this one, and I... Uh, so pumped about it. Everton beats Burnley 3-0. No Dominic Calvert-Lewin. No big deal. Right. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, and they switched formations, too. This is the first time you guys went uh, three at the back. This Yeah, I think it was, what, was it a 3-5-2? Uh, I mean, it was a 3-4-3. 3-4-3? Three, three. Um, three, three. Yeah, Andres Tonson and Damari Gray as the, the wingers and Richarlison through the middle. Yeah, it was... You guys are impressive, um, especially like I'm impressed with the signings. You guys got great value out of them. Damari Gray, what was like three mil or something like that, and Andrews Thompson was on a free. Um, they weren't marquee or anything, but they really seem serviceable. And this kind of a win, man, is this feels like the kind of game that. Everton would have lost or tied or just it would have been a bad result last season or in seasons before. And when they come back and, you know, do it in such emphatic fashion, it resonates into future fixtures. Yeah, I I'm, I feel the same way about how Everton's playing. Um, it, it does feel like the type of game that they would have lost last season. They They did a lot of that last season. I mean, they really fell out of the Europa League conversation because they were tying and losing games that they had no business tying and losing. And when the season began, I commented on Townsend and Damari Gray and thought to my, and, you know, I even said this, I was like, well, these aren't the types of signings that Ancelotti would bring in. Like, I don't see the, I don't see the, the gusto in who we've signed. And I was totally wrong about that. These players, and you brought this up, Benitez is a very pragmatic coach. These players are hard workers. They're, they're, um, getting up and down the field, there is a sense of team defense. And that was like one of the things that happened last year. And our, like our defense was like whack, you know, like our defense, especially in the middle of the field, um, it just like wasn't there. I think Jaime had something to do with it, but um, we just couldn't retain possession in a lot of ways. And in these games, Decore seems so much more effective. He's a beast. He's playing great. And I wonder if he's playing so well because he has a legitimate supporting cast around him, helping him close angles and play team defense. But the team has just got a great work ethic. And um, 
I, for me to Corey, I mentioned how impressed I am with him. He was like the player of the game for me, even though Townsend did some crazy stuff. And I don't know. I was, I was really excited to see Everton play the way that they did and be able to switch formations and really like exploit the, the wings of the field in the way that they did. Yeah. It, it was all around a lot of, a lot of positives here. I mean, but that, that header though, from your boy, you know, like Michael Keane, Oh man. I mean, yeah, if he had to kick it with his legs, it wouldn't have gone in, but if he can just <laughs> smash it with his big dumb face, it works fine. Um, so <laughs> what's up with, uh, Richarlison in your eyes? I keep saying that the dude it's is so worth selling. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I it's mean, so he's, weird. he's, he's I like know. one of the emo kids from South park on the field, like, <laughs> constantly upset and like, but he's so good. He's like, hey, you ha- yeah, I think he's pretty fucking good. Um, <laughs> He's worth playing. You're gonna keep. They're gonna keep playing him. Of course um, they are. But yeah, it. it he just I seems see so work. salty. Yeah. Um. I don't know. How do you? Re- how would you replace him though? You guys would be in such trouble if you didn't have him with the ECL injured right now. Uh. Yeah. We I don't are. know. It would be like part of me wants to say, yeah, you could cash in and do some things and. Well, the be next no trans- be better off, but I don't know, man. The next transfer windows in January. Mm-hmm. You know who I want. Um, I'll take one of two guys, but there's one who I want more. They're both Americans. Oh, you want to? Oh, you want to? You got some Ricardo Pepe action on your I squad. Love Ricardo or Pepe Dar- on the squad. Yeah, Daryl DK. Yeah, but they're way better off going to like an IX or something like that. Although I would love them here. Yeah. Um. You want They're probably not one of those. Yeah, you They're say that about every anymore. guy. No, I don't. I don't say that because I didn't say that about the two guys that are doing the best on the team right now. Andres, <laughs> that's Andres, true. I, I meant about like every American that's good. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, it feels great. It's a good time to be an Everton fan and... I, whatever, I'm crazy pills for saying it, but they're not... They're in the Champions League discussion. They're top four right now, baby. Um. Yeah, I mean... You think they'll finish above Arsenal? Shut up. All right. Uh, all right. Yeah, it's not even a question. Um, yeah. All right. So golden boot early conversation. Let's revisit this thing. Yeah. Really? Well, because Ronaldo's back, you know, and like uh, we kind of dismissed Salah um, and he we seemed did. like he's ready to go. Yeah. I mostly this is kind of like a. I feel like each of the elite teams kind of like has their guy. There's like a, a franchise quarterback esque feeling about this almost. Um, I don't know. The EPL is like, it's feeling like we're going to have some really interesting like competitions for who wins it, who the best players are. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. And I, I still think Lukaku is going to score the most, but whew, it's going to be really close. Yeah, I think it's going to be Lukaku as well. Um, it's definitely not going to be Kane. No, it's. <laughs> I mean, we said he hasn't scored yet already, and I think we, before the season started, thought that once he comes back, he was going to struggle. Uh, it's it's really reminiscent of the you know holdout situations in the NFL, and you yes. see this kind of stuff happening. Yeah, Harry Kane seems to be like a like a, the EPL's version of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. No one wants no one wants to hear this. No one wants to talk about American <laughs> football. We'll we <laughs> promise our fans at home we'll leave American football out of the out of the picture. Oh, yeah. 
I just wish DCL didn't bust his toe out because he would be in the golden boot conversation. Yeah, he probably would have gotten one or two in that last game. Uh, he'll be back and he'll start scoring. If he is the PK guy then and he's as good at scoring from open play as you will advertise, he should have no problems hanging with the rest of these guys. You're right. He'll he'll win the golden boot. Uh, <laughs> so um, that that wraps up our EPL coverage. We didn't cover every team, but we've decided to condense this and, and cover the talking points that we think are worth talking about. Um, we do have Champions League to cover. And yeah. It's like we uh, have other stuff now, too. Dude, uh, the Ninos Pequeños beat uh, Manchester United. <laughs> yeah, young boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hoven. Um, <laughs> they, um, yeah, it's sweet because mostly of PFOC scoring coming on as a sub, them just like making a royally terrible play and PFOC kicking it into the goal. It's like, you I know, loved it. Dreams are made of this stuff. Uh, where did they play? It was in it was in Switzerland. They it was playing, on, It looked like turf. They were playing on turf, and a lot of people were like bitching about that on Twitter. Uh, it's unfortunate the Champions League's being played on turf. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, and it looked like it looked like those guys were wearing cleats on turf. I don't know. Well, I don't think it's like Astro turf '90s Detroit Lions style, but like it looked I, like Atlanta Falcons turf. Yeah, don't they wear cleats? Um, I, I at least in my experience playing on turf, I thought turf shoes were always better than cleats. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, turf uh, like cleats on on turf was like semi painful, and like your feet would burn, like and it would burn because of, like the friction and the planting that you're getting. I always thought that turf shoes were better, but you could lose footing with them. Either way, I just I happened to notice that. I thought that was kind of peculiar. Yeah, well, I remember a couple of years back when United actually played against Young Boys. Um, Antonio Valencia was still on the team, and he had some, like, issues where he would get sore knees, and they, they just didn't even bring him with because uh, the turf is apparently bad for that type of thing. They were just like, yeah, you're not even going to play in this game. Granted, yep. he was kind of a fringe player at that time anyways, but I remember it being mentioned specifically that he was just not even going to play because of it, the turf field. That's interesting. So, yeah, in this game, Ronaldo gets his goal, um, pretty much Meg the keeper, and the keeper had this like desperate, like, oh, I can't get this. This is a sad moment for me. I'm going to look like I cleared it off the end line, but it went in. Uh, so Ronaldo gets his, and then Juan Bissaka tries Please, to oh. destroy somebody's <laughs> leg gets red carded and the young boys take it. Yeah. It's really weird. Cause United this weekend, you know, all the hype feeling good. And then this happens and it's kind of, it keeps happening with them every year since they've had Oli, where they just have these results where you go, well, what the, what the hell? Like you gotta be, you're supposed to win these games, you know? Yeah. And you really like fall flat. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like really good teams that we've seen over the last few years, they don't lose these games. I mean, no. like in the worst case scenario, they like win one or two nothing. But like United should be blowing these guys out. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, juxtaposing this with how Chelsea did it today, you know, they, they didn't play the greatest. They ended up winning. Yeah. Uh, the other team could have maybe stolen some shit, but they didn't let them. We'll talk about them, uh, yeah. but, but first, let's talk about our boy Brendan Aronson. Um, yeah, I mean, he played play the, the whole game. Yeah, he played the whole game. They tied Sevilla one-one. I thought that was a great result for them. I think Sevilla is actually a pretty I, good team. It is a good result for sure. The, 
I was able to catch a little bit of this while I was at work, and it just was like three penalty kicks for Salzburg in the first half, and then they missed two of them. This, you don't see that kind of stuff very often in professional games. No, and like two of them, they missed the frame. Oh, they didn't miss the frame of the goal. One of them, they missed the frame of the goal. The other, they hit the frame of the goal. <laughs> it's just like you should be doing better from the spot. Yeah, David Salzburg really should have won. Uh, it's great, though, to have an American in getting exposed to these kind of situations. Sevilla has got some really good players out there performing. Yeah, let's see what Salzburg can do. They, Salzburg uh, also missed some like wide-open opportunities in front of goal where they also failed to hit the frame of the goal. I don't know if you saw those, but they definitely missed a few where there's a lot of goal and a lot of an absence of defenders and the ball failed to hit the frame of the goal. Yeah, it's disappointing. So you feel this could have been like what three four? Oh, it could have. It could have absolutely been three four. One of the things that I noticed about the game is Salzburg played a very physical game. It was like very encouraging to see. Like they were really taking it to Sevilla. Sevilla had their chances, no doubt. It was pretty back and forth, but Salzburg really played with like a physical tone. But yeah, they they had plenty of opportunities. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it's exciting. It's put some you know points against top teams in your group or how you qualify for the Absolutely. knockout round. So that's right. Um, we've got Chelsea, you know, Lukaku doing his thing, but um, beating yeah, again. Yeah. Winning one nil over Zanette. And um, the, the nil part is the piece of Chelsea where I'm like, man, that's just so Chelsea. It is. They, and everyone seems to know exactly how they are supposed to be playing. Lukaku is the perfect tip of the spear for them now. It's, I mean, we said this already with their 3-0 victory against Villa over the weekend, but yep, they roll on. Here's Chelsea. This is this is serious Chelsea now. Uh, Rudiger, though, there was a moment before they scored. He just had an incredible run. Um, did you did you I see didn't this? See it. He, yeah, he he picked the ball up like just inside his own half. I want to say, and. He's he's playing as a left center back, and the guy just like starts sprinting with the ball, and his defender is like trying to catch up with him, trying to catch up with him. And by the time he catches up with him, he's at that top of the eighteen. He cuts it to the inside, has a shot, and it goes like a few a little bit wide. But the the stadium starts getting pumped up at that point, and uh, Rudiger, um, he's awesome. Yeah, and it, it just plows his way in there and tries to score uh it's a it highlights chelsea's system as well because when they play with this three at the back and then they can get guys like you know the assist for um lukaku came from espy laqueta putting a ball in as the right center back and then the left center back rudiger is able to make these dynamic runs forward and wreak havoc with the defense get you know uh, numbers over in one part of the pitch and and that kind of stuff um yeah, they're, yeah, they're the three, a dangerous the, team. They're a super dangerous team, and the three-five-two that they play is is like it, like incredibly dangerous when the when the two left center back and the right center back can actually get into the um, offensive half of the field, and where where like the true center back is really just like hanging back, being that last line of defense. Um, they'll do that. Like Chelsea will get. Um, nine men into their opponent's half of the field. Yeah. Like really pinched up and far forward. Uh, it's yeah. I, I really like the way that they play. I think Tuchel's a 
obviously, you know, as most people are talking about these days, but he's a pretty fucking good coach. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, it's weird to think that he struggled at PSG with the talent that he had and then came to Chelsea and it was like a day and night difference. I wonder what that says about the players. Well, I mean, he did make it to the Champions League final with them. He did. With PSG, and he was the only one, I, I think the first one to do it with PSG, you know? So, so I think he probably, if he struggled, it was more with the politics and egos. And he feels like a better fit from Chelsea because or for Chelsea, because this Chelsea doesn't seem to have, I'm sure there's egos, right? Good players think well of themselves. It's part of the reason they're good players. But it feels like he has more control here. And it, it really is, it's showing in the way they play. Yeah, uh, that also seems to be the case on my end. And the egos seem to not be the same types of egos that he had at PSG. Neymar and Mbappe seem to be, way players way more fixated on themselves than the likes of Kai and Pulisic and Lukaku. I mean, those guys seem to be the types of guys that just want to win, but Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know them personally and I'll, I'll stop commenting on it. Um, Barcelona, Byron at like, I don't know. uh, Barcelona is just like, uh, this is like a joke, right? Like it's so weird. Yeah, it's like one of those moments where you're like, yeah, they are like hollow shells of their former selves. And like, I don't, you know, the, the silver lining, if this would have happened last year or two years ago, I would have been like, yeah, but like Messi could like come out and just make it three, four nil Barcelona in the next leg. And I'm just like convinced that Barca will lose two nothing, three nothing the next time they play a team yeah. like Byron. It's wild. And Byron, just the same Byron, right? They go and they score and they have most of the ball and they're better, but it's so weird to live in a world where Barcelona suddenly just gets pummeled three zero at home. And it's not like it, you don't see the players afterward doing press conferences where they're super distraught. Like they might've been the, the expectations are just not there. And it, it, it's really surreal. Yeah. It's, it's strange to see. Um, it's just like all aspects of it, like the players on the field, they're just not as good as the caliber that was once there. You no. know, as I'm watching the strikers play, it's like, man, there was Luis Suarez on the field like a few years ago, and he would have done more with that. Well, um, Memphis Depay is really good, but it's it's not the same. It's not. Um, so Malmo, Juve, uh, yep. Juve win three nil. Uh, I think this is a pretty cupcake game for them. Yeah, it is. Um, Weston gets some field time. Yeah, at least he gets on there a bit. He started over the weekend, and then he gets 20 minutes here. It looks like he's just part of that squad. Um, Really would like to see him putting in more solid performances. I didn't get to see him play in this. I was watching uh, the Chelsea game, but I like the minutes, and I I, I just want to see... You know, last year we got no groove with him where it would be like, oh, man, he scored again. Or, oh, whoa, he had an assist or had a really good performance. Um, I want to see more of that as well. Yeah, it's like we'd like to see that Weston and not hear about the like negative shit for Weston, you know. And I always feel like when it's difficult times like this, it's just best for the player to be able to like go and concentrate on playing. And that's what I'm hoping for from him is some good moments and then to kick on from there. Absolutely. And wins for the team will, will help with that. Uh, this mm-hmm. weekend was this weekend was difficult for him, no doubt. They they lost this weekend. But um, hopefully he can keep getting minutes. And, and I think the talent is there. So if he keeps getting playing time, 
hopefully he'll be able to do something with it. This team is not as deep as they used to be. They have really, um, I don't know if it's a byproduct of revenues from COVID, but they've lost. Okay. Yeah. It's almost like this. They've accepted that this season, they're not going to have elite talent and they're just going to do what they can with what they've got. Just, yeah. It seems to be good enough right now. Um, Next matchup, we have Leal and Wolfsburg. Nil-nil. Um, yeah, I didn't see too much of this. I saw a little bit of the end where Leal almost got a penalty kick, but the foul was just outside the box. Uh, I'm kind of disappointed for John Brooks, Brooks getting a red card here. Um, yeah, he's just had a he's had a tough run of it lately in terms of his performances. I didn't see how the U.S. men's national team Twitter was using this ammunition of John Brooks getting a red card, but uh, well, yeah, didn't, I just Lil didn't score any goals. No, that is true. Um, yeah, I just want to see want to see him kind of similar to McKinney, you know, just go out and play and get those positive moments. Yeah, um, it, it, in a sense, it's great that our expectations of these guys are as high as they are. And how many Americans have been in these games? You know, we've got some Americans playing yeah. games tomorrow. So it's it. I would. Well, there could have been two in this one, except for one was injured. Right. Yeah, uh, Timothy Wea could have been playing for Lille. Um, no, it's a great. It's a great thing to be criticizing. At any rate, so we've got a few games that we want to cover tomorrow as we wind out, and we want to cover off on one American player before we close out here. Uh, Man City and RB Leipzig. Any ugh, what a what a start to the season for Jesse. I mean, he's just got the most difficult schedule. Yeah. This is this is what he wanted, right? Like it's time to it's time to go. Um, good luck, Jesse. <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, yep. uh, yeah. You know, this is the real this is the real shit. Yeah. All right. So then we have Liverpool and AC, and then there's also Real and Inter. Yeah, I grouped those together because. Um, European royalty. Uh, These are just the big teams. You know, these are the the first big, like, you put the stars next to them matches. Uh, What, between Liverpool and Milan, I think they have like 13 European Cups, and Real has 13 by themselves, and Inter has two. So, yeah, a a lot of silverware in these games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's some serious heritage in those games. Yeah, this, and the Liverpool-Milan one is, you know, the greatest final of all time for the competition. So, yeah, you just love this stuff. What year is that? What year was uh, that? 2005. 2005, yeah. If you guys want to go back into the archives and watch a great final, check out 2005, Milan and Liverpool. Yeah, in Istanbul. Constantinople. Um, <laughs> all right, Bastikas and Dortmund. Uh, we just want to, how many goals can the Holland score? Lisa Baker's. Yeah. Lisa Baker's doesn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so ridiculous. Uh, he, he's a machine. It, as we've taught every time the guy comes up, it's like, Oh, he scored, you know, like I think he scored maybe eight goals in five games or something already this season. It's absurd. The guy's uh, insane. Yeah. He scored two over the weekend in a four, three barn burner against Leipzig. Yeah. Um, He's going to score, right? Like he's he, going to score. That's what he does. That's what he does. Um, this is an interesting one that you highlighted. Uh, Sheriff and Shakhtar. Yeah, I, I just pointed this one out, or want to point this one out, because I'm, I'm going to call it the atypical political situation derby. We got Sheriff um, hailing from Transnistria, 
and Shakhtar, who are currently displaced out of their home city of Donetsk and playing out of Lviv because of, you know, ongoing pro-Russian separatism in eastern Ukraine. So the world's a crazy place, man, but people just, they keep playing the beautiful game. That's well said. I, I like the positive spin on it. The other way to look at it is there could be some bad blood in this game. And so if you're really interested in seeing something that's like a little bit controversial on the on the pitch, watch that game. You have no idea how these players are going to react to one another. We have no idea what the atmosphere is going to be like. Yeah, that could be interesting. Where do you know where the game is going to be played? Uh, it's in it's in um, God, I, what's the, I forget the name of the city that's in Moldavia or uh, okay. Transnistria, but it's in it's it's sheriff's place. Okay, I love their symbol too. Have you seen that thing? It's just yeah, it's like Wyatt Earp's badge. Yeah, like why? Whatever. <laughs> like you you do you Transnistria. <laughs> um. We're only bringing this game up, PSG and Bruges. I mean, like, PSG is going to just stomp Bruges. I can promise you guys that. It's Messi's first Champions League game. But we brought this up because Owen Otisoe has been, like, I like he hasn't played for them except for, um, like, a friendly game. But he's been really disappointing early on. There's reports that he didn't perform well in um, a non-competitive friendly game and that um, he's, like, come in out of shape. And these... Uh, this news that we're hearing about him is consistent with the news that we heard at Wolves. Yeah, so on his way out, right? Like we were talking about, oh, he got this move. Hopefully, he isn't going to keep being who he's been, basically. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, it's disappointing. Owen Otisoe is like one of those guys that could play center defensive midfield and be a very, uh, very impactful player uh, for the United States. But he doesn't seem to be applying himself, and he's not going to go anywhere unless he does. It's just how it works. Yeah, I would, he, it seems like, has a lot of potential. And in an area where we have need uh, as the U.S. men's national team, it would be really good to see a bit more from this kid. Agreed. Uh, the final the final uh, note we have for you guys before we wrap up here is uh, Joe Scaly is continuing to impress um, for Gladbach. And, and like, I, I don't know, like he's doing everything right. He's he's able to get up the field. He's really versatile. He just doesn't seem to be phased at all by it's playing great. at the next level. Yeah. And he's getting called in, right? Like this guy can he can fill in either left or right back. I believe he can play in the midfield a little bit as well or on the wing, maybe. Um, he, he's as good as a lot of the players that I saw playing for the U.S. men's national team. We we gotta he's gotta be playing for us. Yeah. Uh he reminds me of Ospie. Really? Yeah, he reminds me of Ospie. Like I think he I think he can play wing back really well. He's like defensively sound. He he doesn't uh he doesn't over he doesn't hold the ball for too long. He doesn't try to dribble people excessively, but he's still dangerous enough offensively. I like him a lot, man. He reminds me of Ospukleta. Yeah, that's that's pretty good praise. I really like Aspilicueta. I think he's been actually a bit over underrated um, for most of his career, which can happen to you know like a Spanish guy that ends up being Chelsea's captain. And uh, he, well, it's weird that it could happen to that. I know but because he's thing. he's not in Spain, you know. So, but yeah, Joe Scaly, man. Uh, this is exciting. This type of for me, it's not anything flashy, but God, is he a solid player? 
Yeah, you want to see this. This is exactly what we want. We want guys going to um, top leagues and becoming routine players and starting lineups and playing well. That's what he's yep. doing. That's awesome. All right. Well, with that, um, that does it. Um, we will be back with you guys on Thursday afternoon, so you'll probably tune in on Friday. We'll do a recap of what happened in the Champions League game and do a preview of match day five. Um Stay out of trouble, get through the rest of the week. And um, Ryan, it was good hanging tonight. Yeah. Have a good night, Alex. And uh, everybody else, take it easy. Talk soon. Bye.